Radio. Hi, this is John Easdale from Dramarama, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with your host, Andras Jones. It's just the normal noises in here. Welcome to Radio 8-Ball. Give us a shake. We're here on Feral Tempting Fate. Wherever you are, putting questions to the songs which we will randomly select here from Tom Petty's discography. And now it's time for Radio 8 Ball. Give us a shake. It's the Radio 8 Ball Show. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and this is the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. And today's show is uh, a special one, not a... Well, it is what it is. On October 2nd, we lost Tom Petty, who was a songwriter who certainly meant a lot to me and meant a lot to everyone who's participating in this Radio 8 Ball. It's a Tom Petty tribute Radio 8 Ball. We're going to be using eight deep, deep cuts from his catalog, each from a different album and performed by some of my favorite musicians. No offense to any of them, but I don't think we have any like what you'd call rock stars in the in the room in the sense that they're they're here to so that it's their personality representing these songs or showing through these songs. It's about a bunch of real deep craftsmen, musicians, and songwriters playing these songs and giving you Tom Petty songs as Tom Petty songs the best that we possibly can. As the answers to the questions we are going to generate here. And we have some pretty illustrious folks going to be joining us to participate in our Pop Oracle Divinations. I won't mention all of them, but I will tell you that we will have... Paul Zolo, who is a writer who actually wrote the book with on songwriting about and with Tom Petty himself. So uh, we will have. So I think that'll. I hope that'll bring some integrity to our conversations here that might be uh, lacking if it was just third person fan conversations. Um, so now let me tell you. I'm not going to tell you what the eight songs we're using because I want you to be surprised. But I'm going to tell you what eight albums they're from. And I will also tell you that I picked up the Tom Petty Tribute Rolling Stone magazine today. It's an expensive little item. 15 bucks for Rolling Stone magazine. Tom Petty wouldn't like that, I'll tell you that. Um, but uh, I, I can say that none of the songs that we are doing, of the eight songs on our list, are in Rolling Stone's top 50 Tom Petty songs, which I think is a testament to the people who brought the songs here. So... Um, uh, song number one is from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Song number two from Long After Dark from 1982. Song number three from Southern Accents from 1985. Song number four is from Let Me Up, I've Had Enough from 1987. Song number five is from Wildflowers from 1994. Song number six is from She's the One from 1996. Song number seven is from The Last DJ from 2002. And song number eight is from Tom Petty's most recent album from 2014, Hypnotic Eye with course with the heartbreakers so that's going to be the oracle fodder for our musical divinations and i'm here in the studio with someone you you may recognize from previous shows marshall thompson how's it going so he's the keyboard man he's our personal benmont uh we are going to have other we're going to be joined by another keyboard player or 
Who knows? Maybe two. Who knows? Benmont might show up, yeah. uh, but probably not. Uh, but in spirit. And we hope that we honor all of the heartbreakers and their broken hearts. That's true, for sure. So I'm going to start with my question, as I always do, and then we'll get these thing, get this thing going. So first, let me just tell you my, my, my relationship with Tom Petty is that I feel like we do the same thing. I'm a songwriter. I mean, and, and I say this with whatever, with humility or no humility or just the truth of how I feel. Right. Um, that I feel like he, that we do the same thing. I've been writing songs since I was a teenager. He was writing songs since he was a teenager. There were many times that I wrote songs that we, Marshall was in the band with me, where we'd do a song, where I'd hear a song that he would do five years after, and I'd be like, oh, he got to that place that we were getting to, except <laughs> it sounds better and more people are hearing it. And I never resented it. That was the other thing. It's like, if you do this thing, you, it's hard to, re- to resent the people who also do this thing. And you know, and you, when you read when he talks about songwriting, that you just go to the well and songs that are you know, 100 years old come through you and they're something else. And, right. You know, I could never write a Tom Petty song, just like Tom Petty could never write a not Tom Petty song. Right. Um, so it's, and he taught me how to sing, and he taught me how to write, and he taught me how to be a rock star in a lot of ways. A lot of people. Uh, even though, and even if that meant being like the guys in his songs who lived like rock stars and weren't really rock stars, like right. The Last DJ or uh, a lot of the characters that he writes about, I relate to. So there are so many questions I'd like to ask. But this show is about synchronicity, and my job as the host often is to ask the question that nobody's going to ask and nobody wants to ask, but is there and undeniable and for me unfortunately well those of us who you you might be listening to this a hundred years from now and then you won't know what it's like to have been alive the day that Tom Petty died but that was a weird weird day aside from all of the rumors and not knowing if it was he was dying or not um we there there was there had been a mass shooting at a music festival in Las Vegas and for someone who played to so many crowds of people held those guitars play, played those sounds he wasn't a, it was a country fest but i don't know tom petty was a was a crossed all kinds of genres and he's just as much country as he is blues as sure. he is rock and roll and so what i want to know about is you know people who study sync synchronicity we look at things that happen at the same time that don't make sense together right and see that what kind of right together yeah see what yeah. kind of sense they make the news that he was hearing the day he died. It was this yeah. horrible news, and right. it was in his. It had to be on. Yeah, you, you kind of wonder what's on the mind. So my question is: What is the synchronicity and the the meaning uh, of the synchronicity of Tom Petty's death and that tragic incident in Las Vegas? Vegas. Yeah. And now, to engage the pop oracle, I'm going to spin the wheel of eight. No. It's song number five from Wildflowers. And it'll be performed for you by All Day Sucker.
drunk and I was sick We were caught up in a ballroom fight Till an Indian shot out the lights I'm so tired of being tired And sure as night will follow day Most things I worry about Never happened anyway Ooh, I keep crawling back to you That was Crawling Back to You from the Wildflowers album from 1995, produced by Rick Rubin. 94, sorry, thank you for, cr- for correcting me there. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, song number five uh, from 1994, and that was performed by All Day Sucker, who are here in the studio. But not, Waving at you. Last time Sucking. we had All Day Sucker here, there were less of them, and they were different. Why don't you all introduce yourselves to well, the folks out Well, it's Daylight here. Savings Time. Morty, how about you as leader of the band? Do your job and introduce us to your to your mates. As leader of the band, I'm going to introduce you to Jordan Summers, who will introduce the rest of us. He's the leader He's of the, the leaders. <laughs> he doesn't have a mic, though, Jordan. Mic. Oh, I'm Morty. sorry. Come on, yeah, so, Jordan. Yeah. Sorry about that. I don't have a mic as the leader of the band. On drums, that's good David Goodstein. And on bass guitar is Dan Rothschild, who is now here this time, because last time he was now out on the road. Now he's there. On guitar, filling in for uh, Jay Gore is our good friend Jeff Perlman who is a a Dead Rock West and a great solo artist of his own. And uh, Jordan Summers is uh, my co-writer and uh, co-partner in All Day Sucker since high school. Excellent. And uh, he's a piano player. So that was the answer to my question uh, about uh, the massacre that happened in sync with uh, Tom Petty's death. Um, There are two days in our lives that we don't get to choose, the day we die and the day we're born. And we know what happened the day that Tom Petty died. I just was looking at his at the Wikipedia. He was born on October twentieth, nineteen fifty, which was the day that the first deployment of major troops into the Korean War. So his his life is bracketed by these major military events. events. Yeah, military yeah. events. <laughs> why why did you pick this song? Uh, to be quite frank, um, what we were what we were happiest with in the selection of these were that these were songs that Tom Petty was a staple of radio with us growing up. So 
while obviously his impact just as a musician and as a statesman, an elder statesman of classic rock, is uh, um, is unparalleled from somebody for that long. You know, I mean, there were other people like Elvis Costello and stuff who we love, but had never had that sort of success and that long and to be accepted by his, by his peers and older people than him, you know, people he looked up to. Right. So when we look at album tracks, these are songs a lot of people probably wouldn't have gotten an opportunity to hear if you were a casual listener. And so Wildflowers, uh, David Goodstein, our drummer, thought it was one of his favorite albums and actually loved this song over and even though we had looked at other songs, I thought this one, you know, and the last couple lines are incredibly poignant. So oh, yeah. no matter what it was, I thought, you know, it's one of those songs that I just feel like, I feel like maybe they cut three verses out of the song with that told the rest of the story, and then we're left with what I think is the is the real core of the of the material, which are the last the last half a verse. Well, as far as the answer, there were some crazy synchronicities. So that first, that that uh, right. first couple—not the first couple of lines, but the ranger came with burning eyes. The chambermaid awoke surprised, you know, because he was shooting from a hotel room, and a lot, a lot of people who worked in that hotel awoke surprised to what they had been. You know, this guy had been roaming the halls, and whatever else had been going on there had been going like that had been going on all weekend. And if you work in, if you ever worked in the service industry, you know everyone. And if we're musicians, we've all worked in the service. Yeah, you know everyone who's in the restaurant. You kind of have a sense of everyone who's walked into the hotel. You may not know them. You may not know everything. But those people are waking up the next day saying, that guy? So that was... um, I mean, there's sort of no way to get your head around the enormity. I mean, I think that's what it is, just like with the death of a rock star. I mean, as... as, Yeah. I was going to use the word petty. It's awful. As frivolous as that concept is, it's like a rock star died while everyone has real other things going on in their life. Then you look at something with the enormity of the Vegas massacre. And I was just there a month before, at you know, looking at the Mandalay Bay, which makes you go, wow. Well, it's the thing is, if you think about the way Tom Petty talked about songwriting, that it was kind of this mystical thing. He went and tapped into this well that delivered these songs through him that created that hugeness and if you're tapped into that then you're also tapped into everything else and that flows into the songs and that's why you know i feel like uh one of his the ways he's great as a songwriter is he doesn't he doesn't try to put extra stuff in but he doesn't try to leave the things that are that are that should be there out because they aren't cool or they make it's a it's a weird line i see you david you have an idea yeah he it wasn't until i when i moved out here I realized how everybody kind of embraced him as an L.A. musician. But because I'm from Florida, I know where a lot of his thing came from. And the songs that he wrote about L.A., even though he's almost he kind of embraced L.A., there's still songs that he wrote that kind of defined L.A. as an outsider. Yeah. With all the inherent disappointment of trying to come out here and do something and, and what this town can do. And that's a way that not many natives will ever see this town. And right. I come from Miami, which is also a very, there's a lot of turnover in that town, you know, towns that have a lot of, and you know, it's, and it's a town that also has seen its share of gun violence. Yeah. But this, this song really like speaks to what it's like to come out here and try to, for me, at least there, there's a lot of those songs, you know, into the gray wide open. He, he would write songs as the outsider being right. here. Not and just he's as a southerner, a, which and, is, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just a pretty, 
big thing. I mean, especially nowadays, you know what I mean? And if we're talking about guns. Well, and, and we're talking about culture. The, and the final line most things that I worry about will never happen anyway. It's except, my favorite lyric. Except that sometimes they do. Right. right. Most days in your life, you don't die. But one of them, you do. Right. Right. Tom Petty had that day that day. You know, but as far as how the song relates to it, I guess I just feel like there's this sense of solidarity in a way. Well, it's like, also the crawling back. I think, you know, if, if the whole song was about a love affair and he said, I keep crawling back to you because it alludes to it in the bridge. But really, the bridge out, he, you know, he, he gives you these stories about this thing and chambermaids and rangers and Indians shooting out lights and barroom fights and really puts it into a like a lore, like a folklore position. And then there's these other parts that seem incongruous with what the story is, like, you know, shoved together. I don't know the whole story. I'm sure somebody here knows the whole story. But that, to me, is always like, wow, it's weird. The, some of the verses of the song just feel like I'm missing yeah, the but, story. And then all but, of a sudden, I'm like, it, I no. get the tonal, but I get the emotional It's like plot. an all-along-the-watchtower all watchtower type crazy, you know, all these... Well, and, and again... If if Tom Petty were here, or like when you guys are here, once the song is out there as answers sure. as it's the question is the answer to the question, kind of ceases to be the songwriter's song and it right. becomes our song, which is what Tom Petty did with a lot of his music. It's when you hear when people talk about it, it was our music, it was our music. I think Tom, it's like you, he's the one guy that we all took for granted in a good way because uh-huh. we all it, it was you know the soundtrack of our lives. But the thing is that no one no one really realized that he was ordained in a way for music until the Wilburys because someone else said this guy right here and yeah. then we all went oh yeah of and course also, and also as a band growing up with a keyboard player there were there were few where the keyboard player sort of was part of the core band where it wasn't you know it wasn't in an 80s way it was Elvis Costello and the Attractions for the most part and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers I really appreciate you guys cuz you guys are a Los Angeles band like Tom Petty I'm sure you guys have played with guys who were in his band you've been to his shows yeah, you've lived actually. in his music <laughs> I yeah I, I, Ferroni's a buddy of mine right yeah. so this is all re- I know this is all real very real to you it's it's closer to home than maybe it is for every you know for well it's close to home for all of us in all in different ways and I think that's that's what sort of yeah. stands out about him is that everybody took this one really personally. Yeah. I think also media-wise, if you notice, coming from L.A., personally, when I'm watching the, the massacre and Tom Petty dying, my attention, because of kind of what Morty was saying, would go to Tom Petty. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was a, yeah. that's something I understand, losing somebody and yeah. you grow up with this guy. And the massacre is kind of like, oh, I think for a lot of the country, if something happens when in Vegas, it's happened so much, you can regardless of the numbers and how horrible it was, they kind of chalk it up. But, but Petty is a personal thing. We don't know. You know, they don't... that. So I think when people the next day were looking at the media, you know, a lot of them were leaning towards Tom Petty. That was something that I think they felt more connected to because of our disconnection mm-hmm. with gun violence and the reality of all that. Because We have to disconnect. We have, we've been trying to change it. We can't do that, so... Yeah, we call crawling back to... We keep crawling back to the in same. To the we same. Stay, well, we thing. keep crawling back to the same. If sorry, you miss the bottom Vegas line. Massacre, there'll, there'll be one in another ninety days, and we can talk about that one. Yeah, that's comforting. Well, that's a total boner killer. It is. <laughs> and I am your boner killer, Andras Jones, hoping that you stick around for our next segment with the Radio Eight Ball and the discography of Tom Petty. Sorry, Dan, I 
Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball on Feral Audio. If you'd like more information about the Pop Oracle, please check out our website at Radio8Ball.com, where you can find out about upcoming shows, about asking your own question on the podcast, and about our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed on Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Wave Ball Show.